Right, good morning. Um, today we're going to be reading from Acts 13, 44 to 52, and that will be on page 1108. And remember what we are about to read is God's word. Previously in Acts, Paul and his friend Barnabas have gone out to tell people all about Jesus. On this journey, they have stopped at Antioch. The first Sabbath there, they preached at the local synagogue. We are joining their journey, week two, at Antioch. And we start at verse 44. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honoured the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region, but the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Morning everyone, my name is Stephen, in case you don't know me, I'm the youth minister of Huntington Church. Great to see you all here this morning. Um, at the back of church, there's some of these um, funny drawing things. These are supposed to help you follow the service, if that will help. There's some more at the back, go and grab one. Um, they're there for you to use. Uh, and we're carrying our story of Acts. So exciting. And Acts is kind of a bit like the Lord of the Rings. Now, I love Lord of the Rings. Anyone else like Lord of the Rings? Hands up. Yeah, there we go. Lovely. Um, and the books are amazing because like, each chapter kind of flicks between stories and, and the strands like meld together to flow this one big, amazing, epic tale. And, 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 and in the films as well. So, so one moment, like, the camera's in on, on brooding, uh, sullen Frodo and Sam. And, and in the next minute, we get Legolas and Gimli dancing across the New Zealand hills. And it's amazing. And then they weave together to make one beautiful story as the camera shifts and shifts around. And that's just like Acts. Uh, see, see, in Acts, up to the point we've got to at the moment, um, uh, our man Peter has been the main man in focus. Peter's been the one through whom God's been using and spreading his word, his message across the whole uh, 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 land. But now in Acts 13, the camera sort of shifts. And we zoom in on a guy called Paul. It's the same Paul that Don told us about two, weeks, uh, two months ago. That Paul. And we start looking at him and seeing how, how the gospel goes out through him. And did you see what happened to Paul? Well, um, as Heather so greatly read out for us, um, Paul was sent out from a church, a place called Antioch, um, over there. <laughs> Do you see this on the map? Lovely. Uh, and off he goes with a guy called Barnabas to go uh, um, around to spread the gospel. And they go to Cyprus first. Great first choice of place to go to. Love Cyprus. And then secondly, secondly, really confusing me, they go on to Antioch. So they come from Antioch. So different Antioch, very confusing, but, but, but they go to Antioch in a place called Pisidia, um, and that's where we read on the story uh, in Acts 13, verse 44. 
And the first thing that Paul does there with Barnabas is he goes to the synagogue and he preaches an amazing knockout sermon. With the high point being Acts 13 verse 39. Have a little look there. The high point of his sermon, Acts 13 verse 39. Through Jesus, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. What a sermon, right? Wow. And it's so enthralling, so engaging that look at verse um, 42. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. People are like, we want some more. Come back next week, tell us some more. Uh, And that's where we rejoin the story in Acts 13, verse 44. Have a look at verse 44. On the next Sabbath. So the next week, that's where we're diving in. And all of Acts 13 tells us one massive point. That God's word is powerful. And so, uh, uh, as you may have heard already, I'm quite weary from a week at four marks. I thought I'd get you guys involved. Yeah. I mean, you've done the memory verse already. So that this time we're going to join in and help make this stick in our heads. So, here's how it's going to work. Whenever I raise my Bible above my head like this, I want you to shout that out. Yeah? Yeah? So, should we try it? Yeah, nice. Well, I think we can do a bit louder, a bit more energy. Yeah. Brilliant. We'll keep us on our toes as we go through, because that's our big main point, that God's word is powerful. I mean, did you see how powerful it was? So in verse 46, Paul does his, he starts his, his sermon. In verse 46, he says to some of the people who are listening, we had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to Gentiles. See, Paul is saying there that, that, that this, the Bible, God's word, is life and death stuff. He says, you accept this, you accept life. Reject this, you reject life. God's word is powerful. And why is it so powerful? Well, it's because of the author and the subject and the one who helps us understand it. Um, The author, God, the one who helps us understand it, the Holy Spirit, and the subject. Well, here's my Bible, kind of. Um, And and, and there it is, lovely, look at it. Fluorescent yellow, holy Bible. Um, But but, but here's here's what the Bible uh, is all about. It's all about Jesus. See, the whole Bible is all about Jesus. And by trusting and believing in him, Acts 13, verse 39, everyone who believes will set, be set free from every sin. So, 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 if we accept the Bible, we accept Jesus and we find life itself. Reject God's word, reject the Bible, we reject Jesus and we find the opposite. See? And so, let's have a look at it in action in Acts 13. But before that, I take you to the suburbs of North London, to Shaketastic. Now, this shop opened uh, when I was younger, and uh, it's amazing. That's the actual shop. So, so it's all right. You go in there, and you've got any chocolate bar, any sweet you want, and they turn it into a milkshake. (gasps) And for like a a, a 13-year-old boy at that point, it's like, oh, yeah! We're in. And so me and my friend, Daniel Devlin, we went there and one taste was all it took. 
One taste and we were hooked on Shaketastic there every single week. In fact, it got so bad, we had the like, the diamond, platinum, black loyalty card things. And we'd had like 75 milkshakes each. Like, that's quite a lot. Uh, and it was so bad, they knew our names. Like, that's bad. But like one taste and we were hooked on these lovely, delicious milkshakes. So good. A bit like the church in Antioch. Did you see, not on milkshakes, but on God's word. Look at verse 44. One taste, the previous Sabbath. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear God's word. Whoa. Whoa. One taste and they're like, we want more. We need to hear more. They invited them back. They're like, we need to hear more of this stuff. Because God's word is powerful. Yes, because God's word is powerful. And, and people are hungry for God's word because it's real and deep and eternal stuff that changes lives. And it may surprise us, but people outside of the church are hungry for God's word. One great writer said, um, without God's word, God's world starves. And it's so true. And there's this amazing like, like thing in Acts, right? Whenever a crowd gathers... One of the apostles starts preaching. Every time a crowd gathers, someone's preaching. A crowd gathers, the God's word's being explained. A crowd gathers, God's word's there. Every single time. And it's the same here. Look at verse 46. Look what Paul says in his sermon. We had to speak God's word to you. The word of the God to you. We, we had to do it. It wasn't like we thought it would be nice to do it. Or we, we, we decided to. It's we had to do it. It's a compulsion. It's like an urgency. It's like we had to do it. It's a burning desire in Paul. We had to speak it. See, God's word is powerful. So speak it. I'd love us to have that same compulsion. That same like deep desire to speak God's word to our friends, to our family, to our neighbours, to our co-workers. Because it's powerful life and death stuff. I mean, how selfish to keep it to ourselves. We had to speak it. And actually, that's partly why I love BH so much. I love BH um, because we teach the Bible and we teach it well. In fact, that's one of the reasons I came to BH. One was Lizzie, but the other one was... Uh, <laughs> This was a big reason. But the other big reason, we teach the Bible really well. Like God's word's powerful, so we speak it. And that means, like, in all our groups at BH, in our small groups, student groups, kids groups, youth groups, older people's groups, God's word must be primary, central, and spoken. Not hidden in the background, but spoken. Because there's power when God's word is spoken out. Like, friendship is great. God's word is greater. Food is great, but God's word is greater. Fun is great, but God's word is greater. Because in here we meet Jesus, the living Jesus, and lives are transformed. See? So speak it. And don't be ashamed to speak it. It It's powerful, so we speak it. But, But it's also powerful, so... Learn it. Now, I know it's summer holidays, I know, but we're going to do some maths here this morning. Hope you're excited. Thank you, Sam Richards. Yes, he is pumped for this. Um, uh, but, but, but back at St. Mary's Primary School, we, we, we got a silver star if we can recite our times tables backwards. 
So, BH, we're going to try and earn our silver star on the two times table. I hope you're pumped about this. It's exciting. Um, so, so what we'll do, I'll, I'll, I'll say two times 12 is, and then you can shout out the answer. But watch out for little tricks. Okay, we're ready. Two times 12 is? 24. Yes. Two times 11 is? 22. Two times 10? 22. Two times 8? Oh, two times 4? Two times 1? Yeah, give yourself a big clap. That's amazing. You've now earned your silver star. Um, <laughs> incredible. But like, 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 we know times tables and we know them well. But what if I said to you, can you recite Habakkuk 1 verse 5 to me? Or Isaiah 49 verse 6? Could you do that? Because Paul could. I mean, have a look at his sermon in Acts 13. Have, have a little look at it. Uh, and count for me the number of times he quotes the Old Testament. And have a look at what Old Testament passages he quotes by looking at the footnotes. Have a little flick through. Is there in verse 33, verse 34, verse 35, verse 41, verse 47? Like Paul knew God's word. He'd learned it and he'd taken it to his heart. He knew Habakkuk 1 verse 5, Psalm 2, Psalm 16 verse 10, Isaiah 49 verse 6. He knew like weird bits of God's word. And it impacted and changed him. See, God's word is powerful. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's, that's your job. <laughs> so we need to learn it. Because it, it changes the way we speak. Changes the way we think. Changes the way we act. Um, Psalm 119 verse 10 it says, like, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Like it helps us know the right path to take. The Holy Spirit, God himself inside us, uses his word to change and shape and mould us. It's powerful and it's good, so learn it. So I thought I'd set you some homework over the summer. Um, at the back of church there's this lovely orange coloured uh, piece of card this is Psalm 1 on it I'd love us as a church family to memorise Psalm 1 all of it over the summer holidays how cool would that be if like, we come back in September and we can all recite Psalm 1 together oh. and how do we learn God's word well a few different ways one of the ones was what we did at the front with four mark we sing it or chant it so you could try and put Psalm 1 to the tune of I have the tiger, maybe. I don't know. It might, might work. <laughs> that, that, that might help you. You could listen to it over and over again and repeat what, what I do. Um, I pace around Hove, read it. Just read it. And read it. And read it. And then put it away and try to do it off my heart. Like, like, that, that's what I do. But, but, but there's different ways to learn. It depends on your style of learning and stuff. But God's word is so powerful. We should learn it and know it because it changes us. See? So speak it and learn it. And we'll see one more thing to do with it in the next little section. That'd be great. Let's. Awesome. We're going to watch a little uh, video. See if you can work out what the what this video is introducing.
Who got that from the first like notes? Yeah, there we go, some Downton fans. Now, now the first time um, I, I, I came across Downton Abbey, uh, my mum was watching it, and I hated it. Like, it was the worst. Like, sitting there, like, so bored, just, like, complaining, critiquing the costumes and the accents. I'm like, what on earth? This is awful. Oh. And, but then I got married, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Lizzie and I started watching uh, Downton Abbey, season one, episode one. I was gripped. Like, genuinely great. Like, 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 Bates! What's gonna happen to Bates? Is he gonna be okay? Ah! Like, like, I genuinely just like, like, hooked on it, wanting to watch like every episode. Like, ah, like I'm not ashamed. I, I like it now. I, I, I love it. It's great. It's great. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? Downton Abbey. Oh, I love it. Um, you can, can you can you love Downton Abbey or hate Downton Abbey? Uh, and, well, those are the two reactions to God's word in Acts 13. Love and hate. From the Jews and the Gentiles. Um, because we said, we said uh, earlier that Checking everyone's still there, yeah. The God's word is powerful. Uh, and it's powerful and it's divisive. Because we can either love it or hate it. Uh, we can hate it um, like the Jews. Because look at the Jews in verse 45. This is like me watching Dan's Abbey, by the way. Um, uh, when the Jews saw the crowds, because Paul and Dabanus are preaching and the crowd gathers, when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. See, these Jews in the crowd aren't here to listen to God's word. They're here to heckle and shout and ignore it. Uh, and it all stems from jealousy. And by the way, watch out for jealousy. It's dangerous, deadly. And their heckling, abusiveness, look what it leads to in verse 50. The Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of the high standing and leading men of the city they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. They're like, we don't like what you're saying. Get out. We don't like your word. Get out. They, they hate God's word. And their attitude is kind of like um, fruit in a fruit bowl. You know, you start off with one mouldy apple and the rot just spreads. That sumas go next and then the banana and then it's, then it's all over. That's like, these, that's like these Jews. Look at verse 50 again. They're inciting the God-fearing women of the city, the leading men of the city. They start up persecution. They're, they're, they're spreading. They're, they're, their toxic attitude is spreading. They hate God's word and it spreads. And that might be like us in this room here. We might hate God's word. We might hate hearing about Jesus. We might not believe in Jesus and not believe in God and, and find it really frustrating that, that people keep talking about God and Jesus and the Bible. We might hate it. And if we do, well, it's deadly. Because look at verse 46. Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, we had to speak the word of God to you. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. That's what we said earlier. You reject God's word. You reject Jesus. You reject life. But, but by hating God's word, by hating God's word, it, it's, 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 like we're, well, it's like we're committing spiritual suicide. It's like we're saying no to life. If we're not trusting God's word, not trusting Jesus in God's word, we're choosing death. It, uh, forever death. And like 
We don't want that for you. So if that is you, if you ignore God's word and you hate God's word, do chat to Phil, myself, to, to anyone else on staff. We'd love to tell you more about life and Jesus. Uh, or, or you could come to Alpha in September, a little course, looking at God's word, looking at Jesus, and, uh, and find out more about the life that Jesus brings. Please don't hate God's word. It is deadly. Uh, and it's time limited. Look at verse 51. It's time limited. Verse 51. They shook the dust off their feet. This is Paul and Barnabas as a warning to them and went to Iconium. Like, this is symbolic. They're like, you reject God's word, we're done with you. There were some in Antioch who would never hear God's word again. It's time limited, it's urgent. See, we can hate God's word. And that's like big scale hatred, but then there's small scale hatred too, isn't there? And I think all of us can do this in little ways. Like, we can hate God's word. Maybe, um, maybe, or maybe we come to church and then we go home and have our lunch and over lunch we rip into the preacher and we go, that Stephen, what a fool. Like, what was he saying? He's talking rubbish. Like, like we critique, we judge, like me and Downton Abbey. <laughs> or, 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 or we come to Rooted or, or, or KO or, or Explorers and, and the Bible says something we don't like that goes against our worldview and what we believe. And we suddenly start not liking our leaders, not listening to our leaders. Or... We come to church and it's Acts 13 again. We're like, I know this, I've heard it. And we just sit there passively, not taking anything in arms folded, just like, it's a mixed service, I need to listen to this. Those are all little ways we can hate God's word. And it's deadly. It's deadly. And so, are there little ways that you're hating God's word in your own life? Or are the big ways you're hating God's word? Because that's like the Jews here in, in Acts 13. And that's one way to treat God's word. The other way is like the Gentiles. And they love it. Oh, they love it. And, and these Gentiles, Gentiles is a fancy Bible word for people who aren't Jewish, so like everyone else who's not Jewish. Um, and look at their reaction. Oh, I love it. They're so... Oh. Verse 48. They honoured the word of the Lord and we're glad to hear it. We'll come back to that in a minute. But, 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 so, so Paul and Barnabas are speaking out. The Jews reject it. And so verse 46, they say, we now turn to the Gentiles. And on the surface, it kind of looks like primary school, like friendship stuff. God's like, oh, Jews, I want to be friends with you. They're like, no thanks, God. And then God's like, okay, Gentiles, I'll go to you. But that's not how God works. That's not how God operates. Because look at um, verse 47. Paul quotes Isaiah 49, talking about God's servant and God's people. Uh, and Isaiah 49 says, I've made you a light for the Gentiles, Jesus, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. See, that little verse tells us that the Gentiles were always part of God's plan. They were always part of God's plan. It's not like they were a little side extra and extra bit when the Jews said no to it. They're always part of God's plan. In verse 48, all who were appointed to eternal life believed. It's amazing. It's like, 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 Paul's like, from before the beginning of time, God has chosen you Gentiles to be part of, of, of his family. Like, always part of the plan. Yes. And their attitude to God's word is so awesome. Verse 44, I'd love this to describe us here at BH. Sorry, verse 48. They were glad and honoured the word of the Lord. Wouldn't that be amazing if we as a church were glad and honoured God's word? Oh, that would be awesome. 
They love it and they want to hear more about it. And see, I think there are three ways we can love God's word um, as a church. Uh, here's the first one. Be reading it. Nice and simple. But like, if this is God's spoken word um, that is powerful enough to change our lives and our hearts, and it, it contains eternal life, the words of life in it, then we should be reading it and reading it over and over and daily and devouring it. So please make time in your day to read God's word. And if you need help, on the bookstore at the back, there's little Bible reading notes. Do grab some of those. But be reading it. And if you haven't got a Bible, by the way, do speak to me. I'll, I'll give you one before you leave here so you can be reading God's Word because it's so important for us. We can love God's Word by reading it, number one. We can love God's Word, by, by number two, by being ready. Um, so at K.O. and Ruta, we have a little phrase, uh, bring your own Bible. There's our little uh, graffiti man. Bring your own Bible. Um, this is one way you can be, be ready. You can bring your own Bible to church. Because those Bibles in the back of the seats, they're not for people who come regularly to church. But we should be bringing our own Bibles. Uh, as Wendy Riffin, one of our staff workers, said, her Bible's like her, an, an old friend. She takes it everywhere with her. Because uh, as you've got your own Bible, you can make notes in it. You can um, realise where things are and piece it together. And if you're reading it here in church, you're more likely to read it at home. So, so bring it, be ready by bringing your Bible to church and also be ready by reading the passage before Rooted, before KO, before church, before small group. Read it so you're ready to engage. Love God's word by, by, by reading it, by being ready and then thirdly, by being humble. Because there are times when we read God's word and it's going to say stuff we don't like. It's going to say stuff that we find frustrating and annoying. So what then? Then we come to our two circles. On your sheet, uh, um, you've got two circles, like, like I have up here. Um, and you've got pens in front of you too. What I'd love you to do is, in the right-hand circle, um, th- this circle shows all of the knowledge of all of humanity of all time. All the knowledge of all of humanity of all time. So in the right-hand circle, could you like colour in how much you know of all of knowledge of all of humanity of all time? So I'll, I'll do it on here. This is me. That's, that's probably too much. But, but like, <laughs> there we go. So, if you're on the right-hand circle, put how much you know of all knowledge of all time, of all of humanity. And then in the left-hand circle, this is God. All knowledge of all time, of all of humanity. How much does God know? Just colour that in in the circle. It's not going to work. Um, <laughs> next pen. Imagine that was fully coloured in. Just imagine it. Because, like, you see a difference between me and God? Like, he knows everything. I know that much. Like, this is called the creature-created distinction. The creator on this side knows it all because he's made it all. We're little creatures who, who are very small and know very little. And so when we're reading God's word, we must be humble, mustn't we? If that's how much we know, and that's how much God knows, well, there's going to be times when he says stuff, I'm like, whoa. At that point, it's not God's word that needs changing. It's me that needs changing. On big issues like marriage, gender, abortion, leadership in church. God's going to say stuff that I don't like. So I need to be humble. 
and learn from him. That's how to love God's word. See, because so we need to love it. And so I thought we'd end by the way, kind of where we began, reminding ourselves of the power of God's word. See, God's word is a bit like um, dynamite. Um, yeah, like dynamite is like a little stick, and you're like, oh wow, that's nice, it's a piece of stick. But 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 then, well, this is what happens with dynamite. We'll watch this video. It's about ten seconds of nothing, so just be aware of that. Oh, birds, it's lovely. Yeah, you see that? Like, like, boom, boom, boom. That's dynamite. It like, blows up and explodes things. It's powerful. It looks small and weak, but it's boom. Big and powerful, like God's word. See, the Bible you're holding in your hands, God's word in your hands, has the power to change us, has the power to change others, has the power to change cities and countries. Uh, look at verse 49 of chapter 13. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region. Despite the Jews' attitude, God's word goes out. Oh, yes. Because God's word is powerful. And it's powerful, remember, because of the author, the father, because of the subject, the son, and because of the helper who helps us understand it better, the spirit. Isn't that awesome? Yes. God's word is powerful. Would it once more together? Let's pray. Father, thank you that your word is powerful. Please help us here to be those who speak your word, who learn your word, and who love your word. And would that show in our lives. Amen.